Hello, and welcome to Nervous Nellies, the show about nervous energy and music. You're listening on Sin with Bailey. I'd like to start by acknowledging and paying respect to the custodians of the land I'm recording on, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional custodians of the lands our content reaches and on which Sin partner organizations stand. So this is another all singing episode, but with more of a focus on how instrumentals emulate electronics and how electronics use overt layering and post-production to sound off kilter. If you want to hear music and podcasts from previous episodes, then check out the show page on the Sin website for embeds, or follow us on Facebook at Nervous Nellies and Instagram at Nervous.Nellies for full set lists. And to start us off is Saturday by Yola Tango. You just heard Saturday by Yola Tango. You're listening to Nervous Nellies on Sin with Bailey. So, being the first artist played this episode makes Yola Tango our Nervous Nelly of the Week. This group is often referred to as a critics band. They have around 15 albums from the 80s to now, with their most prolific output being in the 90s, hugely versatile in terms of slotting covers into their live and studio performances, as well as their ability to switch genres at the flick of a switch like a less jokey ween. Arguably, they had some adjacency to college rock, with singles like Sugar Cube and Tom Courtney, but also to 90s shoegaze and electronica, with remix EPs for Autumn Sweater and Dan Electro featuring Tortoise, Musique, Kevin Shields of My Bloody Valentine, and Nobukazu Takemura. Increasingly through the 90s, the short and sweet structure of their lead singles became outliers in their studio albums. 1993's Painful starts with a 7-minute version of their single Big Day Coming, where the lyrics are reduced to whispers, there is no percussion, and the main melody is just a single-bar organ loop. In 97's I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One is so multi-genre that there is little like Sugar Cube on the record, aside from a Beach Boys cover. This has led to a uncharitable view of Yola Tango as just hipsters that trade in on eclecticism for positive reviews, but I think 2000's and then Nothing Turned Itself Inside Out, my favorite album by them, gives the best representation of their artistic project. In many ways, the record is more sound collage than collection of songs. It has a few single-friendly tracks, but with some instrumental choices that consistently make them sound alien outside the context of the album. Lead single You Can Have It All, for example, is a disco cover paused through a drum machine and a cappella for instrumental backing, and trades in belted-out lyrics for sweet and lower-octave cello, plus vocals from Georgia Hubley. Cherry Chapstick is the most straightforward rock song, but teases out the number of shredding guitar solos and instrumental repeats of the verse section to a six-minute length that it seems more concerned with shocking the listener to attention due to being bookended on the album by the remarkably soft Tears Are In Your Eyes and From Black To Blue, carried by slide guitar and keyboard respectively. An interesting contrast to And Then Nothing is the follow-up album, 
2003's Summer Sun, which was equally down-tempo, but reviewed less favorably, argued to be due to its lack of invention. My guess is that this is a response to the record excising some of the more dissonant instrumental choices, in favor of a rock lineup made more down-tempo just by adding reverb and stretching out guitar audio to the point of ambience. The result being that the more song-like tracks, such as Little Eyes, Today's the Day, and Tiny Birds, are a bit samey. My counter, though, would be that the variation is in the decompressed tracks, like penultimate song Let's Be Still, featuring improvised flutes and cornets over a looped synth and drum pattern. But I could see an argument for wanting this diversity to be a bit more commonplace on the album. I think the key is that these Yola Tango albums have their own instrumental and production vocabulary that makes outliers like Cherry Chapstick fit on down-tempo track lists in their own way, and paranoid, dissonant mixes of piano, drum machine, and drone on Saturday make all the sense in the world. From the mid-2000s to 2010s, they returned to more song-format indie rock, but the album, as a cohesive, introspective work, served them well next time they tried it on 2018's There's a Riot Going On. This is also what implicitly makes the genre hopping of I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One a cohesive work, and not just hipsterish eclecticism. And Yola Tengo's mastery of rock as a music language is why I consider them to be nervous. Anyway, up next is When I Was Done Dying by Dan Deacon. You just heard When I Was Done Dying by Dan Deacon. You're listening to Nervous Nellies, on Sin, with Bailey. As a former Nervous Nelly of the week, I'll be using this segment to highlight how some nervous techniques of Deacon's can also be used in pop-oriented contexts, thereby negating this show's conflation of experimentalism with down-tempo and making him my negative Nancy of the week as well. A big characteristic of Deacon for me is his classical and soundtracking background. While he's a whiz with improvised electronics, he also has a knack for emphasizing the pre-programmed nature of many of his instrumental lines. Sometimes this is done by literally using player pianos, but also synth recreations of instruments for impossibly fast melodies, which immediately gets across that they are neither sampled nor performed. 2009's Bromst, in particular, lifted the gradual layering of instrumental tracks from House for a non- or at least left-field dance context, but with still upbeat music, and to complement that, his performances at the time were more activity-based, where he would instruct the audience to create human archways and run through them, and so on. When I Was Done Dying, off 2015's Gliss Riffer, is probably the most successful of his songs, in part due to a collaboration with Adult Swim that saw nine animators making a music video out of it in an exquisite corpse style. And it actually sees a lot of his compositional style condensed, even if there aren't any player pianos. First off, there are still a ton of instrumental layers, and most of them extremely rapid, these two features play off each other to make even faster polyrhythms that change depending which instruments drop in or out, and the lyrical themes, as well as verse structure, 
all about the sequential things that'll happen after you die, with jointly mythological and cosmological imagery, adds to the layering by sounding more like a chant. This also helps it work as a song without the vocal melody making things too crowded, and the hook just being vocalizations offers a melodic touchstone despite the song almost never repeating a lyric. All of which allows Deacon to pull off his trademark style of laying down the foundations of a song, having them cycle through all their permutations, and then packing them up like they were never there at all in a four-minute track. Hence, when I was done dying, being my negative Nancy of the week. Anyway, up next is Alpsway Snow Team, Switzerland, by Candy Claws, followed by Suns Coming Up by Tim Impala. You just heard Alpsway Snow Team, Switzerland, by Candy Claws, and Suns Coming Up by Tim Impala. You're listening to Nervous Nellies, on Sin, with Bailey. We're also reaching the halfway point, so just as a reminder, if you want to see the set list and podcast for this or any previous episodes, to check out the show page on the Sin website, and follow Nervous Nellies on Facebook, or Nervous.Nellies on Instagram. So we're up to the Drone Zone segment now. This is a big one for the show. I was considering only airing an excerpt, but decided that that would detract from its inclusion. Especially because slow pacing and motoric rhythms are such a core part of this artist's identity in terms of historical retrospectives. The band is of course Can, and the track is the 20-minute album closer Bel Air, comprising the entirety of Side B, of 1973's Future Days. Whenever I, or the music press, talk about a band being inspired by 70s German rock, we're pretty much referring to just this group and Faust. After the punk and indie rock explosions of the 70s and 80s gave way to post-hardcore and slowcore, having Can and others as a blueprint for how rock instruments can be used to create both ambient soundscapes and mechanical rhythms at the same time synths were doing so, was a huge kind of permission giving. Infusing this with the rise of digital electronics and techno in the 90s sounded so new that many journos were willing to stake their careers on it being a new chapter of rock history. Of course, post-rock ended up being reduced to a descriptor of any epic or cinematic instrumental by the 2000s, but that was only because electronic composition very quickly became the invisible foundations of all mainstream music, and wasn't just married to rock in this experimental context, so it shouldn't at all reflect badly on the style's origins. And in many ways, because the 21st century failed to build on it, Future Days still sounds fresh. So, for a little piece of nervous history, up next is Bel Air by Can. You just heard Bel Air by Ken, and you're listening to Nervous Nellies on Sin with Bailey. That's all the song analysis I have for you. I want to thank you for listening, and if you want to see the set list and podcast for this or any previous episode, then check out the show page on the Sin website, or follow Nervous Nellies on Facebook, or Nervous.Nellies on Instagram. And for another Dan Deacon-esque example from the decade prior, of using instrumental post-production to make an electronic song more skittish. Up next is To All the Dancers of the World 
by Sweet Trip.